John 21, beginning at verse 15. This is God's holy and infallible word. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. It's God's word for us this morning. I want to start this morning with a question. And the question is this, have you ever felt really unworthy to be God's child? You don't have to raise your hand. I know the answer for all of us is yes. And if I asked for a raise of hands, we would all raise them. Have you ever felt really unworthy to be a child of God? It could be after really blowing it. Maybe you felt ashamed because of a sin you fell into, a temptation you succumbed to. Maybe because of the way you treated someone you love. Maybe your sense of unworthiness had to do with losing your patience or getting upset. Maybe it was just a general feeling of being unworthy. This was the position, I believe, Peter found himself in. Do you remember poor Peter back before the resurrection and before Good Friday? When in chapter 18, we watched him deny Jesus, not just once, not twice, but three times. Peter was warned it would happen. He insisted he would never, ever do that, and then he did it anyway. Jesus had been betrayed. He was arrested. He goes on trial, and through it all, he stood firm and strong. But Peter, that night, following behind his Savior, maybe with lofty plans to somehow be of assistance, Peter crumbles. The one who thought he was strong was weak. He can't handle the heat. A strong, tough guard points a sword at his throat and threatens him with death unless he deny Christ and he caves. No. That's not even what happened. A young servant girl asks him an innocent question, and he denies Jesus. That's all it took. That's how fragile he was. And then at the end of those denials, a rooster began to crow, just as Jesus had predicted. Earlier in this chapter, the same chapter we read, 21, we read that Peter is fishing again. And you know what I bet that tells us? I think Peter thinks he's done. He thinks 
Jesus can't use him anymore because he totally blew it. Instead of being a fisher of men as Jesus had called to be, I think Peter figures his failure means he had to go back to catching regular fish again. When I think about all that, I believe that like Peter, we have feelings of unworthiness as believers because we mess up. We fall into sin. We crumble in the face of the littlest of trials. I've got a confession to make up here this morning. A number of weeks ago, I preached that sermon on Peter's denials and how easily he fell as a reminder to all of us to stand firm and to be on guard. And and you know what? Later that very same Sunday, I totally blew it. Me, the guy who studied and prayed over and meditated on this passage all week long and then preached it up here, I overreacted to something at home. I don't even remember what it was, but I remember I lost my patience, I lost my cool, and then later, like the rooster crowing, I remembered the sermon I preached the very morning, and I was so disappointed in myself. Sarah's smiling because she remembers. And I was so disappointed in myself. Satan attacked, and I was not ready. I crumbled. And I think any believer who has seriously thought about his or her life, has sometimes felt unworthy to be called God's child. Like Peter in our text, you notice Jesus doesn't call him by the new name he had received at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. John introduces him as Simon Peter, but Jesus doesn't call him Peter here in this text. That's the name Simon got in the beginning. Peter is Cephas, which means rock. And instead, Jesus is calling him by his old name, Simon, which a lot of people think meant pebble. And I think that's exactly how he felt, a pebble, a lightweight, unworthy. I got another question for you, a second question this morning. Do you always love the Lord as much as you feel you should love him? I'm quite sure your answer, like mine, is no. No, I don't always love the Lord as much as I should. We, we come through Good Friday, like we did a couple of weeks ago. We're reminded of what Jesus went through out of love for us, how he showed us, as we read back in John 13, he showed us the full extent of his love. We're reminded of how God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son and And we realize that we don't love him with nearly the amount of love he deserves from us. Peter originally thought that he had the love for Christ he should have had. But after his fall, he realizes that he doesn't. You notice how Jesus asks Peter those three times, and and that's a little not-so-subtle reminder of his fall, those three denials. But Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Three times. Peter responds that he does. But there's a subtle difference going on that we can't see in English. 
Greek, the language the New Testament was written, has more than one word for love. Jesus uses one word, agape, and Peter uses another word, phileo, in response. And one person describes the difference going on here in this text is that Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me with agape love? In other words, do you love me fully, perfectly? Do you, do you, do you love me with 100% love? And Peter's responding with, yes, Lord, I love you, but it's with a phileo love, an imperfect, like 50% love. So I think it's telling us that Peter finally has realized something important. He can't on his own love Jesus fully. He thought once that he could, but that was arrogance. He once said, Lord, if everyone falls away, even if they all fall away, all these disciples, I never will. And that was arrogance. But now he's been humbled. Peter's saying, Lord, I do love you, but, but I realize I can't love you perfectly or fully on my own. And, and we realize that too as believers, don't we? Our love is not what it could be. It's not what it should be. And so we know the answer to these two questions. Do you sometimes feel unworthy to be God's child? Yeah. And do you always love Jesus as much as he deserves to be loved by you? No. But praise the Lord, that is not the end of it. The risen Lord here in John 21 meets poor Peter in his situation, and he is not done with Peter, is he? The Lord still wants to use Peter, and despite our answers to these questions, the Lord will use you too. Instead of condemning Peter, Christ restores him and he commissions him for service. He's sending him out. Peter would be the point person among the disciples for the expansion of the church, the mission of the church. John, this gospel among the four, he doesn't really give us the great commission like Matthew does very clearly in Matthew 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations and so forth, baptizing them. But we do find a commissioning right here when Jesus tells Peter to feed his sheep, take care of his lambs. We believe that's very similar, nourish, feed, same language. And in telling Peter what he does, he's showing us the mission of the church in his own way. And this is another message for another time. We don't have time for all the details, but we see that the heart of the mission of the church is feeding the sheep, nourishing the lambs. And how are they nourished? Well, of course, it's through the Word of God. This is the center of our church, our ministries, our preaching, our outreach, our sharing, feeding the sheep. Jesus doesn't say, give him a good show, Peter. He doesn't say, use eloquent rhetoric, tell funny stories, make him feel good, or just go out there and do whatever feels right to you at the time and place you find yourself. No, it's feed my sheep. And that's why experiencing God's word is first and foremost in our mission statement at Faith. It's because of Bible texts like this one right here. And so Jesus still has 
a plan for Peter in his mission. And this is good news because I believe it shows all of us that though we are unworthy, though we will never love Jesus enough, yet Jesus receives us, he restores, and he also still uses us in his service. That's why he went to the cross and rose again. When I cracked like Peter that one Sunday, it made me so thankful for the heart of our message, which is that even though I mess up, Jesus stood strong. He did not fail. He never failed. And he stood strong all the way to the cross for my failures, for my sins, and for yours. Jesus' death and resurrection has made us worthy. We say he has constituted us as righteous through his sacrifice. And so you see, we don't have to wait until we're perfect to serve and to be involved in Christ's mission. Uh, We're going to have an election for new elders and deacons this morning in the congregational meeting. Some of you have received uh, a letter from council you did this year or maybe it was a previous year. And you might have thought, why am I nominated? I'm not worthy of helping others. I need so much help myself. Or maybe you think me in leadership as a deacon or an elder, I don't love Jesus enough to do that. But as you have received those letters and see your name up for nomination, I even think of the names up today, Understand that Jesus' love for you is perfect. And that's what matters. He's taken care of your unworthiness and imperfect love, and he wants to use you, even in your imperfections. And he's going to use you to spread his love in our church, not because of your strength, but because of his. And of course, the Bible has standards It talks about for people who serve as elders and deacons, but being perfect is certainly not one of those standards. The solution to feeling unworthy is to look away from ourselves, and it's to look to him. And that's what Peter has learned. What does he say in response to Jesus? I love you, yeah. But you notice he says something more than that. He says, you know I love you. And the second time, you know I love you. And the third time, you know all things, you know that I love you. Why did he add that you know? Well, I think he learned that his confidence and assurance had to be in Jesus' knowledge of him. Not in himself. Jesus knows Peter, warts and all, But yet, Jesus loves him, and he went to the cross for him. And he knows each one of us through and through, and he still loves us, and he still calls us to serve him, even though we're imperfect. I think of our young people who made profession this year. You may think about profession and standing in front of the church, be like, I'm not worthy. I'm making profession, but... I have my issues. I have my sins. My love and commitment for Jesus and for his people is not where it should be. And it's true. It's all very true. And it was true of Peter. And it's true of every believer who ever lived. But 
Yet, Jesus' love covers you. And he wants to use you. He can use you in your day-to-day life. You can be a loving friend. You can be a dedicated spouse and employee or employer and all the rest following the model of our Savior. And you know what? He's using our church even though we're imperfect. If we think that we've got it going on, if we think that we've got it all together, boy, we've got big problems, people. That's when a church will fall. But if, on the other hand, we realize that when we are weak, he is strong, and that's the way to live. That's the way to live. We had a really nice time at our our prayer service on the National Day of Prayer, uh, Thursday night. Almost half, maybe, maybe a little less than half, 40% of the people were from area churches. And there was an opportunity to share and to give testimony. Two or three of the people, totally separately from one another, shared how the previous months, for one it was like six months, for the others it was like three or four months, they shared how the previous months were really, really difficult for them. And yet, they thanked God for those months of extreme difficulty in their life. They thanked God and they praised him for those months because God was faithful. They experienced God's presence. God saw them through. Isn't that interesting? It's not something you'd expect, would you? Thanking him for the hard times. But several people did, and a believer truly can. You see... Knowing our powerlessness and seeking strength in him, that is the way to live. And that's the way for a church to function too. It's the way to worship and to do ministry. Looking to Jesus, depending on his strength, putting him first. Earlier, in a passage we haven't read yet, I mentioned it on Easter, the night of the resurrection we read that Jesus had told the disciples this, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. What a message. As we approach the end of this church year and look ahead to another one in our congregation, Jesus restores us, he sends us, He promises to be with us. Let's continue to move forward in God's mission for us together here at Faith, resting in his perfect love, being fed with his word, working hard out of the power of the Holy Spirit in the church, in our lives during the week, day by day. Amen.